Hello, dear friends. Welcome to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich. Hope you're faring well and enjoying the summer. On Mike features conversations with creative, passionate people from the arts and from all facets of life. Today, our subject is love. Not just any love. We're talking big, wild love, which is the title of a great new book by Jill Sher Murray. The subtitle is The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go. It was all born out of a TED Talk seen by millions in which Jill shared her own story of love, getting unstuck, cultivating self-love, and basically going for it. I got to know Jill pretty well when she recorded her audiobook at our studios in Boston, and I heard the words directly from Jill's lips. She tells her story with passion, humor, empathy, and a whole boatload of understanding. So Jill, Shearer, Murray, and all that big wild love, join me as we go on mic. So, Jill, you are a lady who's known worldwide. You've got people all over the planet who have seen this TED Talk. What, two million plus by the time this airs, right? Yes. Well over two million by the time this Well airs. over two million. That is so awesome. Did it you stand is... in a little red circle? I did. I stood on the red circle. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, what prompted you to get to do a TED Talk? I mean, it's you've got a long a very well-established career as a media person, as a writer and so forth in business. But uh, you took on a whole new new direction here. What prompted that? I did. I did. Um, well, that is such a good question. And I, I, many, many years ago, I was in a long-term relationship with a man that I really deeply loved. And we were together for which is almost embarrassing for 12 years. And it took me that long to figure out that this man was never going to give me what I wanted. He was wonderful. I wish he was a horrible man because it Mm. would have been so much easier to leave him. But what happened was when I finally figured out that it was time for me to let go, I let go of everything. I let go of him. I let go of the whole life that I had. I lived in Chicago, so I moved. I sold my condo. I sold. I left my job. I left my hairstylist and my dog walker and all of the things deep that I love. Deep dish pizza. You left Chicago pizza. I left my beloved deep dish pizza. That'd be pizza. like me leaving the north end of Boston and not coming back for That's that right. pasta that I love so much. Anyway, I digress. That's right. That's right. And I always say if anything happens to me and for any reason I'm cremated, I want my ashes to be buried under art of pizza. <laughs> On Ashland Avenue. We'll keep that in mind about <laughs> 60 or 70 years from now. But let's <laughs> yes. let's continue, please, the story. So um, so I, I let go of him and everything around him. And then as I'd gotten older, I started to see other people who were in relationships, long-term relationships. And frankly, Jordan, even like jobs that they shouldn't have been in mm. or spinning on situations or problems or things that just – I don't know. They they weren't big. They weren't they weren't worthy of. I felt all of the angst and all of the time that people were wasting on it. So mm. I decided, rather than just begin to tell everyone what to do, <laughs> that I really wanted to get up and talk about kind of the power and the impact of letting go of what mm. doesn't serve us. Because mm. when I let go of that relationship so many years earlier, my life really changed in a were, huge. Were way. you at all surprised? at the incredible feedback and the amount of connection you've now made with women and men all over the world, because that's the real story here. It's you had something special and important to say. You're now sharing it with the planet. The planet. That's so cool. 
Like, wouldn't it be cool if there were like a couple of, you know, bobbing heads on Mars right now watching my TEDx <laughs> Well, radio talk. signals go out, so TV signals and things go out to, to, the, to right. the ethos. But no, seriously, it's yeah. it's quite a an awesome feeling to know that your ideas, which are so practical and so well delivered in the book and on stage, made a, an impact. It's crazy. I thought five people would watch my TEDx talk, mm. my mom and dad from two different IP addresses <laughs> and me. Right. Um, I, I, you know, and it's funny in in preparing for the day, I was on the stage with 25 other women. And so I thought all of these women are talking about these amazing things. They're talking about bringing underwear to 30,000 girls in India and, you know, lobbying, advocating for families with the government and surviving cancer and multiple sclerosis, all these amazing things. And I was up there really talking about a breakup, but I knew that it was about so much more. And then I was thinking, well, who does that? You know, let me get up in front of, you know, two million people and talk about my dating failures. <laughs> but not to mention the fact that out of 25 women, you were the 23rd to go on, you told me? I was the 23rd to go on. So, um, which ultimately worked in my favor because I had already, you know, stressed myself to mm. the nine. So that by the time I got up there, I was like, let's just do this already. Um, but I, I've been really amazed. And honestly, I thought that women over 40 would be reaching out to me. I hear from women in their teens, mm. women in their 20s, women in their 30s. And, you know, it's been very gratifying on one level to be able to speak out around all of this and be helpful. I, I hope and I think I'm being helpful in talking about my own experience. You know, I always say, I wonder what would have happened to me if when I was in my 12-year relationship, I was in year, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I could have pulled the phone out of my pocket and watched mm. some lady up there talking about hmm. my personal problem and saying, you know, it's good. Go, leave, let go, you'll be just fine. So mm. it's been really, really surprising. And um, you know, I mean, and, and I say this with no judgment, but it's been kind of sad because my my feeling from talking to so many women and men is that we kind of have a crisis of esteem mm. and and self-love. And um, there's a lot of people out there who are very unsure of what to do in the face of relationships, most specifically, right. that just aren't working for them. What's interesting is is you share a lot about your own experience, and uh, I won't give away the rather dramatic and, and exciting ending to your story in this book, but let's just put it this way. You're not afraid and, and you're proud to talk about your own story and the culmination of this work, this inner work that has really worked for you. I've, read, I've interviewed hundreds of authors, uh, self-help uh, uh, authors and psychologists and so forth, and all interesting. But I love it when somebody's actually done it. Yes. When somebody's <laughs> actually been through it and knows the pain and also knows the joy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for me, that was... I don't even imagine how I would help people do something I myself hadn't gone through. But I really, really cold the whole process that I've put together from my own experience. And mm. here's something really terrible that I do now that I will announce on publicly on radio okay. is that whenever people are talking to me about a problem they may have or a situation they may be in, there may be that moment where I start to giggle a little because I'm like, 
they're in step two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're reading the book. They don't know it yet, but they've been reading the book uh, and you've been sending those thought waves out, those positive right. vibes. No, but, you know, it's yeah. really true. It makes me think, yeah. I mean, people come and talk to me about love a lot because I talk about a lot of that in my TEDx talk and in my book. But even when people talk to me about jobs or friendships or family issues or whatever they're going through, I'm always delightfully able to place them inside of my process somewhere, which is constantly is really good feedback for me Mm. that I know that this process not only works, but it's really intuitive and really simple. Yeah. Why is it called big wild love? Why not lovely love or pleasant love or uh, requited love? And yet big wild love speaks to me. Why? Why is that? That's why. (laughs) <laughs> you just answered your own question. Because you do a double take. Wait a minute. What is this lady talking about? Let me find out more. Big Wild Love to me is really about cultivating a love for yourself that, you know, you've had a very conscious hand in. Mm. And, you know, so much of how we move through life is subconscious. And what I love about Big Wild Love is that it really requires you to be brave and to not just think about loving and caring for yourself as getting a massage or going out with friends. Not that I don't love those things because I do, but it's really about being willing to be bold and to get in front of the mirror and ask really hard questions Mm. and admit really hard things about yourself, you know, no matter what your situation is. And that's what I loved about the whole kind of idea of big and wild, because we don't we don't generally like we're not going to put ourselves in the dental chair and extract our own tooth. That's painful. Why would we do that to ourselves? But there's an element of self-love that I talk about in Big Wild Love that is really a conscious choice that we make to step into that pain of self-examination, which is required, in my opinion, to make any big change in life. No dentist drill required, but a good idea is to have a pencil, pen, or something to write with. You're a big proponent, and I am too, right. of journaling. And to explain why and how that works in your mind. Well, first of all, I mean, if you want a dental drill, you know, have <laughs> okay. at it. I mean, I don't... <laughs> yes, different, different topic, different book for a different day. <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm a writer by trade, and... I have learned by default as being a writer how powerful it can be to um, to write things down. And especially when we're trying to answer questions for ourselves or figure things out or, you know, find a path to what we actually really truly believe. Mm. So, you know. There's all this muck trying to make everybody see me, but they can't. I'm pointing to my forehead. Oh, you're actually pointing to a beautiful mess of red hair. You're yes. one of the great redheads of all time. I mentioned that as well. Yes. I'm describing you. the scene. Go ahead. Um, but it's, you know, we have all this everyday stuff stuck like right in our prefrontal cortex. I think mm-hmm. that's what that is. And so when we write, we're we're actually dumping all that stuff out so we can see more clearly, deeply into ourselves and into the really what I call the truth inside of us Mm. that we either don't know is there or we kind of know is there and we don't want to see or when we're ready to see it, it's a really great effective method completely backed up by science. And that's very important to me because I spent the first 20 years of my Mm. career as a journalist 
And I knew whatever book I wanted to write that I wanted to make sure there was a lot of research mm-hmm. and really grounding support for the pro- for the premises that I put forth. In One it. of the things so. that, that I take away from it, and I really enjoyed it, and by the way, it's an audio book and you recorded it at my studio, yes. so I heard every word and from the <laughs> author's lips. But one of the things that, that I think you do is you allow people who are a little uptight about admitting that they should love themselves more or concerned about making the wrong move. It's almost like you're giving them, giving us permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we just need even an outside voice, not mother, mommy and daddy and not the boss and not our best friend or neighbor. Right. But it's somebody else, a, a new story. Have you found that's been the reaction that a lot of listeners and f- readers have found? That you're the person, I needed you to come along and say it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is a, and this is a great point because it's especially true for the younger women that I talk yeah. to, which is, you know, in my book, if there's a villain and I don't like to think that there's a villain, but if you think of the principles of a good story, hmm. I was my own villain. You know, I was my own worst enemy because I didn't do the things I was so ashamed to talk about how I really felt and what I might, what I might be doing wrong, how I wasn't taking accountability or making my own choices for whatever reasons that we as human beings do that and allow and allow ourselves to stay places. So, yes, absolutely. I especially when I talk to these young women, they and even the older women, they will say to me, you know, I I I feel the same way. I've I've always been afraid to say that out loud or to talk about that out loud to myself. In fact, it's funny, Jordan, one day I was very innocently in the bathroom at Target and some woman, I was washing my hands and some woman was standing next to me washing her hands and she looked at me in the mirror and she said, did you get the TEDx talk? And I thought, yeah. And she started to actually tell me that um, she had she started to cry when she heard my talk because no one was talking about mm. what she really felt and was afraid and or ashamed to say. So I do think when we see people out in the world being really authentic and vulnerable and mm. brave, that it gives us permission to to be real and be human and acknowledge what's really going on for us. There's so many interesting lines that uh, are takeaways for me, but you talk about the archaeological dig of the psyche. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's yeah. so true. I mean, to to face your truth, mm-hmm. which sounds very ethereal, but to face your truth and to really be honest with yourself requires a courage because it's well for some, for many, painful because it's it's different, it's jarring, but. Once you start doing it, uh, like any exercise or any good habit, it gets easier. You point that out in your own life, how it got easier or or more routine for you to behave this way. And that's the whole point of Big Wild Love, which is, you know, the way that I talk about it, because people will talk to me about letting go. And what I say, you know, letting go involves risk. Mm. And so if I'm 25 or I'm 45 and I'm thinking about letting go of a relationship But I don't have the big wild love, the ground under my feet, the notion that no matter what happens to me, I'll always be okay because I have myself. I'm not going to take that risk. I'm not going to have the courage or confidence that I need to take that risk and know that I'm going to lose something. And there's no guarantees for me that I'm going to go out into the world and find something better. Mm. But that's okay because I have me. 
It's so interesting uh, as the book moves through and tells your story, you know, when you moved away from that 12-year relationship, Mm -hmm. you were in that spot. You didn't have anyone in your life. And so you set out to do something about that and you went the online route, which I went, Mm -hmm. and millions have gone, many successfully. And uh, the result is sitting in the studio with us, being very quiet for a musician, (laughs) uh, the wonderful Dan. But I wanted to go back. And he's your husband, and he's a great guy. I wanted to go back, though, to the dedication of the book. Mm -hmm. And the book's dedication is to people in your life, uh, as you say, the big, wild loves of your life, your mom, uh, Sandy, your dad, Owen, Dan, the aforementioned, and Hector. And Hector is the 12-year man. Yes. And it's really, really interesting and very telling, I think, for anybody who even hasn't read the book yet to know that in some worlds, Hector would be the villain. But in, as you said earlier, That's it really right. was about you. And you you talk about Hector in such loving, beautiful terms. And boy, is that a breath of fresh air. Most people want to say, stick it to him. He's, he's old news. Uh, it just expound a little bit on that as to your approach there and what, what's in your mindset when you talk about him and write about him. Yes. I love that you want to talk about this. It's... First of all, it's really interesting to me on my talk on the comments. The women are amazing. The men are like, go, Hector. (laughs) They're all like (laughs) rooting for Hector. Um, But I think, you know, I think it it points to something really important about how we love in our lives. And I think there is the misconception amongst people that if we're with someone and they don't want what we do, but they're good people. That we have to leave in bitterness and anger. Demonize them afterwards, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I I never subscribed to that. And maybe it's because before I met Hector, I had so many awful boyfriends who truly were terrible. And I made the choice not to keep them in my life life because they weren't good people. Mm. But Hector was a fine person. And, you know, he really taught me that you can be with someone for a time, one way. And that doesn't mean that you have to be with that person the same way for your entire life. And it also doesn't mean that you have to hate them or wish horrible things Mm. for them, that you can still love, honor, and respect them, and that those feelings can shift and change over time. Mm. And you can still want the best for them. And not only is that a lovely way to love someone, but it's also really good for you. Because I left that relationship without resentment, without, you know, bitterness or anger. Um, I left that relationship with a lot of really important lessons for me. And the fact that I could still love him was so incredibly freeing. I wish I really wish that more people would walk away from relationships that didn't work for them without being driven by ego. Mm. That would be lovely if it could pertain to business and politics and even sports. I mean, if people could understand that, hey, it's not personal. I mean, let's just get along and know that we're really all part of the same happy family. I wanted to bring up the fact that there are a lot of really wonderful, uh, hard examples of things that you can do in the book and the work you're doing. But there's one section that I enjoyed reading about, which was the 100 let goables. Yeah. Okay. And, and 
people can take a look. There are probably a thousand let goables that you didn't mention, obviously. Right. But the one that I had a question about was uh, uh, forgiveness. You're not saying for a moment, I don't believe, that you need to forgive everything and everybody. You're saying let go of that hurt. Yes. There's a distinction, isn't there? Yes. Because I am not someone who feels like if people are, you know, consistently doing things to hurt you with intention, I'm not a, I'm not the person that's like, but you must forgive them mm. anyway. Mm. I, I, I don't. That's not my thing. My thing is that you have to do you have to let go of that emotion so that you can move forward. And part of that is saying, you know what? You did this to me. That's okay. Because again, big wild love. It's not about me. Yeah. That's about you. And mm -hmm. I know I can say that because I love myself in this very intentional way. Right. And sometimes I have to remind myself that I love myself in this intentional and, way. And we're not talking about, oh, a narcissistic uh, approach to this because that's no. very damaging to yourself and others. We're yes. talking about I, – I, I call it uh, being truthful and, and knowing that you're unique, as unique as anyone has ever been on the planet and – why not celebrate that, seems to me. Absolutely. And again, it's it's really a kind of self-love that's not ego-based. Right, right. So right. it's not about, you know, I'm better than you or I'm trying to get over on you or I'm going to manipulate you because I am just, I'm great. It's about, I know who I am. I have the ground under my feet. No matter what happens, life is hard. None of us escape that. We're all going to experience loss. We're all going to go through hard times. But I know that no matter what happens, I'm always going to choose well for myself because I love myself. It's really not any more complicated than that. But it's so hard to get to that place because we have so much stuff that we take on. And not only that, but stuff that we were given, I like to say, when we were you know, barely old enough to use the potty by ourselves. Mm. You know, our parents have given us these belief systems. Of course. And unless we check them, we're just using the same beliefs from that time period that we use to survive inside of a family dynamic we're no longer in as adults. Well, you can spend $150 an hour on therapy, with nothing wrong with that for the therapists out there, or you can take a look at what <laughs> right. you're discussing and uh, you connect with a lot of interesting people. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, about you is in Chicago, you had fun studying with the Second City Troupe. Uh, yes. Now, how did that training and that understanding of performance help you in, in the TEDx talk and help? How does it help you in life? Or does it? Well, I mean, talk about letting go. I did a yeah. lot of really kind of crazy <laughs> I'll things. I bet you did. <laughs> um. Well, you know, improv is notorious for being helpful in business and, sure you know, is, in all yeah. kinds of situations because it really teaches you to go with the flow. Hmm. And it really, you know, teaches you that it's not always about you, but it's really about the cast, the ensemble. And so you can't really look at your own self in, in a under a microscope when you're interacting out into the world and that, you know, we do rely on other people, but we always have the choice to accept what people give us mm. and then process it and use it the way we think will be most productive for us. But living in that amazing moment of performance, 
is what I live for when I'm doing what I'm doing live or whatever on a stage. And I've done a little bit of improv and comedy and I think so it's fun. a great training ground for handling yourself in Gotta any- Got to think on your feet. Have to think on your feet. And uh, what's, what's to bring it all home, Yeah, you were a lady prior to the big wild love that you discovered who did a lot of thinking on her feet, a lot. You were multitasking in, in the world and I happen to be married to somebody who was doing the same thing and still is a high-powered, successful woman who uh, felt, I think, the same way, that she was missing out on something mm-hmm. and never had the temerity until a certain point in time to ask the question Yeah, because of fear and because of you know conditioning. You know, I think there is a part of I, – I once read somewhere that as women get older – Something physiologically happens to us in our brains. Where Hold we- on. Dan, have you noticed that? <laughs> sorry. I was just asking her husband. If, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw that off. <laughs> throw that out. No Go ahead. Go, no comment from Dan. I, I will shut up. Go ahead. Where we, um, we lose our patience and tolerance for things that we once had a lot of tolerance for. So, for example, we lose our patience for relationships that aren't serving us or for bad behavior or for not getting where we need to go if we're putting the time and work in. We start to, you know, look at it and say, maybe this isn't where I need to go. Maybe we Mm. look somewhere else. And I think part of what I'm trying to do, Jordan, in this book is help women even sooner (laughs) than they have any of these physiological changes to like consciously step up and say, this isn't working for me. Thank you. I appreciate you. Even though you're awful, I appreciate the lessons that I learned from you. I wish you well. I'm going to make a choice now. Do I want you still in my life? No. Do I want you still in my life? Yes, but in a different capacity. Mm. Um, So that's all part of what I hope that people will take away from this book, which is ultimately at the end of the day, we always have choices. We always have choices. And based on how we love or see ourselves, that's going to define the choices that we make, and our choices inform our reality. It's a very, very real, funny at times, touching at other times story that is uh, so easy to follow that even I could follow it. <laughs> and uh, you're I saw a delightful, you crying out a delight, there. <laughs> ah, delightful lady. And uh, the audiobook is available as well as the hardcover, a soft cover. What do they make these days? Soft covers, soft I guess. cover, and ebook. Uh, and- but any plans to do a follow up TED? talk at some point is that in your future do you think maybe i don't know i see people who do you've got one that's got three big gazillion hits i mean uh, i'm surprised they haven't asked you back for more yeah i you know sometimes i think about it and then i see the serial tedx talkers and i think (laughs) i don't know that i need to be that but yeah we'll see we'll see if something like burns inside of me like this did you know it's like your citizen kane right it's it's your classic and (laughs) Maybe they'll drag you back in to do the Magnificent Ambersons or something. Uh, by the way, the website, letgoforit.com. That's it. And the book is now out, Big Wild Love, The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go, based on what we've been talking about, the popular TEDx talk by Jill Shearer Murray. It's been delightful getting to know you and uh, sharing some of your story on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jordan. It's been fun. <laughs> what a treat to visit with Jill Shearer Murray, author of Big Wild Love, You can check out more at the website, letgoforit.com. And by all means, take a look at her TED Talk, which is amazing. My thanks, as always, to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to Ken Carberry at Chart Productions, 
And to all of you for subscribing and downloading this podcast, growing in numbers every single week, and I certainly appreciate that. Until we meet again, as always, be well so you can do a lot of good. This is Jordan Rich. Take care.